Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, White Sox fans. It's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 29 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I am once again joined by my friend um, in the southeastern branch of Southside Sox, Tommy Barbie. Tommy, hello. Welcome back. You're the Thank first you. Repeating guest. <laughs> Glad to be back. And um, yeah, always happy to talk NL East baseball. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. It is, yes. <laughs> oh boy! So you know we're we're talking about Atlanta. They're very good. They are. Um, they have already won sixty games, comfortably sitting in first place with yep. you know six seventy four record. The closest team are the Marlins, which they're at five seventy six. So that's mm-hmm. almost a hundred points below and then uh they're like eight and a half games back i think so this team is even post freddie freeman which i thought maybe (laughs) would like you know knock them down a peg so what is so special about this team right now they're just stacked i mean you know a quarter of the roster made it to the all-star game for a reason and um it is a really really deep team as well like they've had injuries it's not like they haven't dealt with injuries they've dealt with like max freed being hurt they've dealt with a lot of their guys being out and even one of the guys that um will be pitching this weekend colby allard he was out for the entirety of the season up until very recently so there's um there's just a ton of talent on this team top to bottom. And 
Um, I think most people kind of assumed that there would be a dip, but it just, it hasn't happened. And I'm excited to um, see the Braves and the White Sox kind of face off against each other. Cause I think in a lot of ways, some of the White Sox guys that we talk about, I think we think of them in the same way as some of these Atlanta Braves players and you get to see kind of like the real version. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about the all-star game really quick. Yeah. Though, yeah. Again, first off, Sean Murphy mm-hmm. was just out of his mind. He, you know, broke a record when he threw Randy Rosa Reina out when he was, you know, trying to steal. Yeah. Um, that was the first catcher to do that in the all-star game since Alex Avila throughout Lance Berkman in 2011. <laughs> and again, he's not only great at the plate or, well, I mean, catching at the plate, but he's also hitting. He's got a very great well. season. Yeah. <laughs> hitting 306, 17 home runs, 55 RBIs. And had the most hit home runs before the All-Star break in MLB history. Yep. So is he like the face of this team right now? He's not. And that's the scary thing. Is <laughs> that, <laughs> like, despite all of those acc- accolades, like he has an OPS of almost a thousand. And mm-hmm. he's not even the best player on the team. I mean, you could look at. To me, it's Acuna Jr. is really, I would designate him as being the face. I mean, the fact that he had 20 plus stolen bases, 40 plus, or 40 plus stolen bases and 20 plus home runs before the All Star break, that's just unheard of. And I mean, he's on pace for putting up numbers that just frankly haven't happened before. Um, So he is, I think, falling a little bit under the radar just because of how incredible. You know, guys like Shohei Otani have been um, this year, but he's putting up numbers that we just haven't seen, um, especially in the modern history. Yeah. And then you guys, you guys had eight players selected, like you mentioned before, which again, franchise record. Last (laughs) one was like seven, you know, a handful Mm -hmm. of years back. But overall, like, what was your biggest highlight? from these all-star events because they, again, really dominated all of it. I think what was just fascinating is just how well-rounded the team is. Um, You know, it's not just the hitting, it's the defense, it's the speed, it's the pitching. Like, they have all of the components. And I think in some ways they are better and more well-rounded than they were last year or even the year before. And, you know, I know they stumbled in the playoffs last year, but that was a very dominant team. So for them to be that much better this year is kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah, you think? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, they're not going anywhere. Do you still see them at least eight games ahead in September? I I do. Um, I, I, think it will get closer not by any fault of the Braves I just don't think that teams like the Mets are that bad um and I also think the Phillies have a little run in them too um 
So, I mean, I think there's no reason to believe that the NL East won't be kind of one of those top heavy divisions mm-hmm. where everybody's kind of fighting it out. And that plays to Atlanta's hands because they have such a huge lead right now. But it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, instead of it being eight and a half games back, it's closer to that four to five range as the season goes on. Yeah, because a lot of those teams, I mean, I think the Mets will heat up in the second yeah. half. They, they have to. <laughs> they're, they're not that bad. I no, mean, I, really I, know, <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone's enjoying watching them just lose and lose badly, but they're not that bad of a team. They have to turn it around at some point. Yeah, they will. And I think also, I mean, their bullpen's atrocious. Yeah. And not having Edwin Diaz right now is, is really... Really hurting them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, their their pitching wasn't healthy. You know, Matt no. out, like, injured, but also suspended. Yeah. You know, they're just kind of a mess. <laughs> and the Phillies are just also really good. Mm-hmm. Even the Marlins are good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Marlins are outperforming where people expected, mm-hmm. um, but they're kind of that young upstart team. Phillies are they're about where I thought they would be record wise. I just expected the division to be closer, but the you know, there's no reason for the Mets to be as bad as they've performed so far this year. Yeah. So I mean, you could probably say the entire team, but who is the MVP candidate right now on this team? On the team, I think it's Acuna. Um, you could make an argument, like you said, for pretty much anyone. Um, Matt Olson has been fantastic. Um, Ozzie Albies is still one of my favorite guys just because he continues to be somehow the underdog on a team where virtually any other team that he's a part of, he would be their best player. So, And he's like the fourth or fifth best player on, on the Braves. Um on the pitching side, I'm very excited that he'll get to face the White Sox, but Spencer Strider is absolutely phenomenal. Um, everything that people thought Michael Kopech would be, that's what Spencer yeah. Strider is. <laughs> um, and I was I was hoping it would be the two of them facing off against each other because that just would have been cool. But um, the Braves did a really great job with him coming out of the bullpen, really developing his repertoire so that he could move into the starting role. And he really hasn't missed a beat. Um, Even when he's kind of had little setbacks here and there, he's always been um, just totally in control in command. And I just, his stuff is just so filthy. Like I, it's stuff that you don't see every day and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. It it'll be awful for White Sox fans, yeah. but it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, he, he's going to strike out at least 20 guys. And oh. <laughs> yeah, I have to write about him quite often in my picture list Friday column, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of talking about the same three teams right now. <laughs> but he's a big, I mean, he's always there. He's always he is. doing something he is. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's. It'll be it'll be some good matchups though, um, because it's Strider, Morton, and like I mentioned, Colby Allard will be pitching, and those all three are pitching really well. Um, Charlie Morton, who White Sox know very well, um, mm-hmm. you know he has been um, very good recently. His strikeouts have been up, so I mean, I I think 
it will be a very interesting kind of test or final test for the White Sox as they seem to be ramping up to uh, selling at the trade deadline. <laughs> well, we'll discuss that here in a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of this trade deadline, is there yeah. is there anyone on that end that you'd put on the trading block? Not necessarily on the trading block. I think where Atlanta has an advantage is that they still have a relatively deep farm system. So if they wanted to go out and get another, I could see them getting another arm just to have okay. um, to kind of make sure that they're staying healthy through the playoff run. But, you know, with a team like this, there's not a lot of needs necessarily. It's just nice to have. So if there's a, you know, an arm or a bat that somebody wants, I could very easily see the Braves having that opportunity to kind of make a, a trade and get that much better as they hit the uh, playoff run. Yeah, that's fair. Um, this team frustrates me so much. Which um, team, the Braves or the, the yes, White Sox? Both, both, but in completely different ways. See, I the Braves are they're so much fun to watch, but I I have to disassociate from their fan base because they're like the Yankees fans of the National League, where it's just like they are so in your face about their Braves fandom that. I have to take a step away from that just because it's a little extra for me sometimes, but the, the team is just too damn fun. Like I, I just have so much fun watching them. Yeah. That's fair. It's nice to have a team that's actually good to watch. I wouldn't <laughs> know. Um, so I have, I'm going to pull these Twitter questions that we got in, which mm -hmm. some of them are pretty good. So with so many Hall of Fame pitchers and position players, who is the greatest player in team history on this Braves or on the Braves just in general? Oh, geez, that's not even a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we're going by players that I've actually watched, because I like my default answer would be Hank Aaron, just because like that's he epitomizes the franchise for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think. In recent history, I I would go with um, it's a toss up between Chipper Jones and Greg Maddox, and Maddox, I think, is underrated now because he wasn't a strikeout mm -hmm. guy, but he he knew where every pitch was going to go. I mean, it was just the amount of command and control he had over every single pitch. And he could tell a hitter where it was going and still strike him out and, or make him ground out. And that was just um, really dominant pitcher. And then for Chipper Jones, I just, the longevity, like I remember seeing him, on several occasions and just thinking, okay, you know, this guy's overrated, overhyped, whatever. And he just all year after year kept getting better and better and better and um, put together a hell of a career and just um, really was like the cornerstone for that franchise for so long. Yeah. I feel like I, obviously Maddox is a great answer that I, I definitely agree with because you can't really know baseball without even just knowing it. Cause he turned into a term. 
I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> he threw a Maddox. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've seen players do this year after year and mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be one of the best in baseball and it didn't matter what team he was on. If you hear the term, he's throwing a Maddox right now. You're like, you know, Oh exactly. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, that I definitely, I mean, they're all great obviously, but yeah. Um, who would you rather have at this exact juncture, Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman? Ooh, I would still rather have Freddie Freeman, but Matt Olson is really damn good. And just, <laughs> I mean, the, the gall to make that move, I'm still kind of struck by because that was, that was a huge risk. Like mm -hmm. any other team that, would try to be like, all right, you can leave and we're just going to bring somebody else in and they're going to fill in just fine for like the face of the franchise. Like that never happens and never goes well if it does happen. Like, so for them to not see really much drop off is stunning, but I would still always give the edge to Freeman because he's just, he, it's Freddie Freeman. He's that much better. Yeah. Although I don't know if he said this was the, bird app recap you know picture um, mm -hmm. last night of celeste saying freddie freeman's vibe is 1950s small town <laughs> officer that's i saw active, that yes active in the lutheran church and has a dark secret <laughs> and i get that that's why i made it the display because i was like no he he does give off that that's him in a nutshell yes yeah. and i mean to be fair that's why he fit in so well for the atlanta braves for so <laughs> yeah. long because i mean <laughs> that's it in the nutshell yeah yeah <laughs> which that I'll, i'm gonna come back to this question because right on topic are they ever gonna change their shitty name or are they ever like going to ban the chop that's see that's the real question because i don't think they'll change their name um obviously they should i just don't think I think they'll find some weird cop-out way to be like, oh, we mean, you know, this, and it's really patriotic, and it's, yeah, they'll, they'll find a way around it. I am surprised that they haven't gotten rid of the chop yet. Um, mm -hmm. That is probably the one thing, it's the one thing for sure that's preventing me from going to a game in person, because they do it mm -hmm. continuously. Um yeah. And, you know, you think it's bad on, like, national broadcast, but when you watch it on, like, the local, that's all you hear and all you see are just, like, people doing this continuously. And it's like, this is embarrassing. Like, yeah. it's just, it's bad. Well, and I mean, if you're watching it on, you know, big broadcast, they're not as likely to pan. Into to pan, right. But local, they don't care. They're no. <laughs> yeah. And so I, and that was... I didn't realize how bad it was until I moved here and I mm -hmm. saw it on TV and I was like, Oh, like that's all they do for the entire game. Like there's no in between time. I used to think it was just like during in between innings. Like that was something that they would do kind of like, you know, white Sox playing thunderstruck or whatever. It's like, okay, <laughs> here's, here's your five minutes of your racist chant. Let's move on. That's all they're doing throughout the entire game. And it's just, it's embarrassing, but I don't think they will change it anytime soon just based on how the ownership is. And yep. 
how the dynamics play out because they it's still it's that excused racism that you know plays out on so many franchises and it's been so excused for so long i know yeah. you know kansas city chiefs and obviously atlanta braves they are like oh well you can't come wearing a headdress and you should really right. cut back on the chop and you right. should do these things and then nobody enforces it they do it anyway yeah i mean i i think it's a very small consolation but i like they stopped doing all the tomahawks in the stands and all of that which is like okay that's a step in the right direction but if you're doing it with your hand isn't any better no not really um but also i think it's because um it's not as obvious like it is with cleveland like where you had like the chief mascot on the logo I don't know how many people associate with it in that way because the Braves have done such a great job on emphasizing just like the letter A as their logo um, that you don't really see any of the visual representation anymore. So unless you're at the games, it's not really a part of the experience like it used to be. Yeah, I was told to write, again, for Picture List when I do those articles, I was told... And we just write Atlanta. We don't. Yeah. We don't call them the Braves. It's just the Atlanta baseball. I like team. that. Yeah. I, I might start doing that. I like that a lot. I've been able to adapt it a little bit more. Like I know when I write the blurb for this, I'm probably going to put Braves like once, and then it's yeah. Atlanta from here on out. So, but yeah, it's just the simple things that you can kind of work on yourself. For sure. Yeah be anti-racist in that aspect you know you do what you can in a really awful and imperfect world (laughs) well no i know we've both talked about you know mental gymnastics that we have to take to like it is support certain people support certain teams yeah and they they're one of those teams i feel like both of us have to do that for so absolutely yeah Hmm. and the last one maybe the pain most painful what happened to the 98 braves <laughs> oh gosh you know that that is a great question and i don't think anybody will ever be able to answer that <laughs> no probably not Mm-mm. i'm gonna go back and see who asked that so i can yeah that someone that was like really awful and mean ask that question (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man i know i have to look right now because it's gonna drive me nuts we're gonna find out and we're gonna call this person out i hope they're listening when this goes up i forgot i tweeted so much during the all-star stuff oh here we go who said this james burks raider boy four Tommy's mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's, that's like the worst case scenario. So yeah, I, I don't know what to say beyond that, but <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I vividly remember that because I was super into baseball at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what's funny is that at the time when that happened, I was a, I really liked the Padres, so I wasn't that mad, but it's still <laughs> just like not something that you should bring up in talking about, like 
you say that in Atlanta, you will get some really awful looks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found out that um, Morgan Whalen, that super like racist country singer. He has a song about him. Yeah. Loves them. So mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting, isn't it? It is. It's really speaking funny. of you know people with dark secrets that look like fifties cops. <laughs> I remember reading something about how he like was on tour and he came out. He didn't come out. He like canceled with like twenty minutes before. Yeah. And it was like it's because he was all drugged out. He couldn't perform. He couldn't perform. Yeah, but he said that he had um, like vocal strength. Vocal, yeah, vocal yeah. issues. But it was right before didn't refund any of the tickets or anything I'm just like yep oh, too bad i didn't know the vocal strain meant mess but here we are oh do enough <laughs> so all right well we're gonna take a quick the more you know <laughs> to pay some bills before we get slapped with like a libel lawsuit but just edit this out um yeah we'll be right back and we are back uh, with Tommy Barbie here. So now we are going to break down this series that will more than likely be a bloody massacre. Do you think um, it'll be a sweep? Well, see, this is the thing. And I, my son and I were actually just talking about this earlier. And, you know, he brought up the point. He was like, well, they always do fine against, like, amazing teams. Like good teams, yeah. And then they nearly get swept by the A's. So this could be completely up in the air. Like who knows True. what's actually going to happen. Um, we did very recently because when I first wrote my notes, we did not have probable pictures this morning. Okay. Recently we've got Kopech against Charlie Morton, Lance Lynn versus Spencer Strider, Dylan C, you know, versus Colby. But there was clearly a name that was skipped in between Kopech and Lynn. Yeah. That we're unsure about. We think Duke, Lucas Giolito might be on Hug Watch, which um, is would make me cry if it, if it does come true because he is the best pitcher on the team right now. And that's not yeah. saying much because he still struggles quite a bit. But anyway, he's definitely the best on the team. Though. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's, he's our only hope. Yeah. He is our Obi-Wan right now. <sighs> but, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about this rotation anyway, and White Sox fans, again, are familiar with Charlie Morton. Spencer Strider's just having an incredible year. Yeah. Um, the only one I don't know much about is, is Colby at this point, because, again, he missed so much of the year already. For sure. Um, and I – see that as being the best chance for the Sox to get a win. I mean, I could see them eking out one of the other games if it ends up being a low-scoring affair, but Allard's a guy that, um, you know, former first-round draft pick, he was drafted by the Braves, went to the Rangers, came back to the Braves, and he has shown flashes, but he's never been able to put it all together. I think the one thing is that because he's a left-handed pitcher and I still don't understand what Pedro Griffal does in his brain that makes him construct lineups the way that he does. 
I could see him managing into a loss because yeah. of what the lineup construction is against Allard. But that to me is the one game where it's like, yeah, there could absolutely be an opportunity for those uh, Sox to get one there. And and he's going up against Dylan. And Dylan, yeah. again, has struggled a bit, but has also shown flashes of brilliance. His former you know? self. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, he's so hot and cold, but yeah, that probably is their best chance to win. Unless. Michael Kopech just like goes out and completely dominates. Like I've always wanted him to. And I could see that too. That's the other game where I could see it being like a three to two ball game type mm-hmm. of type of thing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Yeah. As long as there's not a first inning meltdown, I'm not worried about <laughs> Kopech. Like that's no. the I worry. Yeah. I mean, I think the hard thing with, with Kopech in particular, but really all three of the Sox pitchers is that, this is the first real team where they're going to be facing a degree of speed Mm -hmm. that they haven't dealt with in a while. And they're incredibly aggressive on the base paths. So, I mean, I, I could see them frustrating the hell out of Kopech and Lynn in particular, when they're just kind of dialed in trying to get it over the plate and guys are just running around behind them. Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, I'm not worried about Dylan because I feel like he doesn't even look back. He doesn't really, yeah. But yeah, I know, you know, Kopech definitely does. And Lance is just not what he's not himself yet. Yeah. Yeah. A little scary, but (laughs) um, obviously, like you said, they'll probably take the series. I don't know why I'm asking this unserious question to you right now, but because I ask everybody, yeah. What are the keys for them to take this series? For the Sox or the Braves? Well, I mean, you can answer for both. Either, really either or. <laughs> um, I mean, the the Sox, I think, will be will be a bigger challenge because they're like they're going to really miss having Luis Robert in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not having him there is a huge hindrance. Um, so I think for the White Sox, it's going to be stringing together as many hits as they can um, instead of just kind of like the solo home runs that they've been falling in love with. <laughs> um, for the Braves, I think it is a matter of just doing what they do and, and striking guys out. I, I like There will probably be some ugly strikeout numbers in at least one of the games this series. Oh, for sure. And I'm just, I know it's going to be. It's going to be Spencer Strider. It's going to, I'm serious. It'll be like 20 yeah. strikeouts. Like, well, <laughs> you know, actually what's funny about that game is that even though Lance was performing so poorly, mm-hmm. he's been, I mean, he's been, you know, just constantly going up with that strikeout rate. Oh, yeah. And they still lose, which is funny. Like, you can have a 16, 16 strikeout game strikeout. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I have a feeling that's going to be a low-scoring game if Lance stay in that zone. Yeah. I think the only thing that I would worry about with Lance Lynn is that the um, the Atlanta lineup, especially at the top, are so damn aggressive. Yeah. And Lance Lynn has fallen in love with trying to place that fastball to start every at-bat. Mm-hmm. Their first ball fastball hitters, I could see them just not even waiting for a second pitch and, and teeing off. That's fair. 
So who is the biggest threat on this Braves team right now going into this game? I think for the White Sox, the biggest threat is um, I would say it's a, a combination of Acuna and Albies at the top of the lineup. And I think um, really the best opportunities for the White Sox will come against the bullpen. Like the Atlanta rotation is still pretty good. Their bullpen is pretty good. But if you like, especially Spencer Strider, he throws a lot of pitches. Like if you not, you could easily knock him out of the fourth inning and screw up the entire series for, for Atlanta. Like I, there's no reason to believe that can't happen. So I think that's where um, if there's kind of like a linchpin moment, that would be it. Yeah. Do you have any fears heading into the series for the Braves? Uh, injury. That's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I mean, even if they're in like the post all-star hangover that sometimes happens with these teams, I don't think um, they'll get flustered. Like even if they lose two out of three or something like that happens, I, I don't see them um, kind of losing any faith in, in moving forward. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, this series <laughs> we have nowhere to go but up let's talk about more things that i all the, the other teams that we care about way more than the white Sox right now and have your thoughts on the season changed you know with who you might still see going all the way or your your big surprises yeah i mean and shout out to Joe Reese's because he called this at the uh, beginning of the year. But like the, the Rangers, I I thought they were almost there. I didn't see all of the pieces working as well as they have this quickly. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I it's really the Rangers in Atlanta, I kind of see as like 1A, 1B at this point in time. Um, I don't know. I don't know how sustainable it is for uh, Texas, but I they also, and this is why I wanted the White Sox to hire him. Bruce Brochi is a damn good manager. Yes, he is. <laughs> and he's someone that even though he's older, he's still always so connected to the game. He understands like how to handle generation, like different generations and, and talents. He is more flexible than like your Buck Walters and some of these other guys that are just very straightforward on how they want to manage things and don't deviate from that plan. Um, so I think that's been a huge boost for them. But, you know, Houston, I, I think, is going to improve, but I don't know that they'll pull off um, get, catching up with the rest of the teams because I think the Mariners are going to be right there too. Yeah. I thought... So my two teams coming into this season that I thought would at least be on the brink of mm -hmm. being really good were the Mariners and the Orioles. Yep. And the Mariners started off pretty slow, but they've improved. I mean, obviously, Julio Rodriguez is one of the most fun to watch right now. He is, yeah. And the Orioles are a blast to watch. Like, yep. I think I'm – he's, he's a child, so I feel like – I shouldn't even say it because he's probably like 20 years younger than I am at this point. 
But I just am in love with Ashley Rutschman. I can't. Yeah. I can't help it. Like that team is just fun. Mm-hmm. And then we have the and Reds out of nowhere. That that team has been like that was the team that I when we were doing our predictions. That was the team that I really wanted to be like. All right, here's just like my left field dark horse that Brett's going right. to make fun of me mercilessly <laughs> for. Um, I couldn't bring myself to do it because I didn't think the pitching would be there. Mm-hmm. Like they have gotten all these guys that they've kind of cobbled together for their lineups that have been good, but I didn't think they would be as aggressive in bringing up Ellie De, De La Cruz. Yeah. So I was very happy about that. And I also just didn't see their pitching coming together the way that it has because they play in that band box of a ballpark where <laughs> even if you're a good pitcher, you give up five home runs mm-hmm. a night. And I just kind of assumed it would continue on that track. So that that has been a huge surprise that I've enjoyed a lot. Um, the Orioles I, I saw coming because um, yeah. they they have they have that true pipeline of talent that um, others like to say that they have, um, but they're still calling up guys that are you know top level prospects that are contributing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I want this year. I mean, I don't. I don't see the Reds actually making it to the series. I just want a playoff win for Joey Votto before he. Oh, wins. for sure. Like that's yeah. that's what I want the most right now. And yeah. like, I don't care about any other teams at this moment. I want <laughs> Joey Votto to at least have a a win. Still in the top ten in jersey sales, by the way. I know. I have his jersey. I. I'm bad luck with jerseys, so I just have to stick with a jersey. I'm, I'm better off with it's, those. It's Joey Votto. I know. Where's he going to go? I'm the kiss of death at jerseys. Like, I got, who was it? I got a Duncan Keith jersey, and then he was, like, uh, injured. And then, I, yeah. obviously, like, the Blackhawks as an organization are terrible, and he yes. was part of that. So there was that. Um could I be worse. I, just, I have a Patrick Kane jersey that yeah. I was like, I, I would like to not have this in my house. <laughs> we donated. I mean, because I was a big, I was a big hockey girl mm-hmm. and a big Blackhawks girl. Same. And yeah. We, I think I think I saved one thing, and that's only because I I felt weird parting with it, and it's an mm-hmm. autographed Duncan Keith Valentine that I won. Oh, nice. Okay. Twitter. And I was like. I don't want to get rid of this. Yeah. Because, and again, mental gymnastics. I loved him. He was mm-hmm. my favorite player. Like, yep. you think of Duncan Keith and you're like, oh, that's Crystal's guy. Mm-hmm. So I struggled with like getting rid of that. So it's it's in a box. Like it's not displayed anymore. But um, yeah. that was the only thing I kept. Like everything else, like kids clothes, my stuff, blankets, just you name it. If there was something mm-hmm. Blackhawks in the house, it was like, all right, well, here you go. Goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, the first team that I kind of adopted moving here was the Carolina hurricanes for that reason. Cause it was just yeah. like, all right. Um, I, I need a new team. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do that. Yeah. I begrudgingly, I'm, I'm just, going to be a Maple Leafs fan, I think, because I would love to retire in Toronto. Okay. 
and like I'm you, part- you know they're like the White Sox version. Yes, I think that's okay. why I'm attracted to them. Yeah, but Which don't is- do that to yourself. Like, <laughs> but I'm like trying to tell. Like, I'm part Canadian. I want to retire there. Like, mm-hmm. I I like, hear you know. all of that. I'm just saying, like, there are other Canadian teams that won't break your heart as much as the Maple Leafs will. <laughs> it's either that or it's like the Blue Jackets. And they're not great either. No, so. they're not. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I just gave up on hockey. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm done. I didn't want to. No, that's not true. I went to a Blue Jackets game this past season. Okay. But that's only because we happened to be in Columbus and they were playing. And my cousin was like, hey, let's not drive home until midnight now. And <laughs> go see, the Blue go Jackets. see a game. Like, there you go. All right, cool. Let's do yeah. this. Um, so yeah, anyway, again, thank you. Um, this is now visiting, what do they call it in hockey? I don't know the terms anymore. I'm visiting so locker room. Yeah, sure. Well, there we'll you call go. It when, like where they, you know, where they go get in trouble. Oh. Penalty box, visiting penalty, penalty box. box. Yep. Um, no longer dug out. I've quit everything. Again, Tommy, <laughs> thank you so much. Of course. For coming on again, talking about this team. Um, I It'll feel be like a fun every, series. Yeah. I feel like everyone follows you anyway. But just in case, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at KindaBlue, uh, B-L-E-U, on Twitter. And I'm also plastered everywhere on all the Southside Sox things because I... That's what I like to do. You had a, a big week. Uh, <laughs> it's It was fun. With that yeah. draft, you guys were killing it. I was like, I'm staying away from this. They're <laughs> in their groove. Super proud Organized chaos. I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I have the, the Twitter app on my phone, so I also see, like, the Southside Sox likes and retweets. and Popping my phone. up, yeah. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> We need notifications. We're going to pause this right now because it's going crazy right now. Yeah. So I had to to put my phone down for that. But you guys did great. So yeah, it was fun. And I mean, it was an exciting draft for the White Sox. So it it was. We'll have to discuss that at a later date. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, thank you. Of course. Um, I would say best of luck to you, but you also are a fan of the miserable team so mm-hmm. i'll i'll watch and just enjoy you know the the hopefully accelerated sell of the white Sox roster mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how i am going into next week i i'm going to two white Sox mets game and i'm like i don't know, I even know who's gonna like are they gonna win right are we gonna go into like 18 innings you know, who knows what's going to happen. Oh, I hope not. So, That's no fun. Because then it's die. just long and drawn out. No, I would die. So, yeah. all right. Well, thank you. And we of will uh, chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you all. Bye.